Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 27. This week my guest is the very lovely Haldane B. Doyle. He writes biological science fiction so stick around for that. Okay at my desk this week. Well at my desk this week I'm just sorting out the blogs to go on for this year. I generally write 12 and then put them on to schedule and come out you know once a month. And as I was doing it, I thought I would write a little blog about the importance of having a website. Now, since I've been doing the podcast and generally nosing about in other people's websites, I'm actually quite surprised how few people have them. So I've been writing a blog about, you know, the importance of having a website. So if you haven't actually gone as far as getting yourself a website, then it's really not that hard to do. And I would impress on you to have a go. A lot of people rely just on the pages on the platforms where they publish their books for, you know, sending people there. But it's important to have a website and have somewhere where you can find all your links and everybody can see exactly what you do. Anyway, I digress because that's not exactly what I wanted to have a quick chat about on the front of this podcast. I wanted to have a chat about A plus content. Now, when I'm sort of researching my guests, I quite often have a look through their stuff well, not quite often have a look through their stuff. I do look through their stuff. Have a look at your website if it's available. And I have a quick look at your buy links and see what you've got for sale and where you're selling and exactly what you're all about. And uh, fascinating stuff. But what I've often noticed is many of you are not bothering to put on the A-plus content on the, on the Amazon site. So let's have a little look what this is. On the page where your book is for sale on Amazon, You'll see the book and then underneath it, if you've written books in series or have other books by the same author, there'll be a little strip with other books along the bottom there. And on the left hand side, there'll probably be a little bit about you, maybe an author photograph, something like that. And then as you scroll down, there's book descriptions and bits and pieces. But if you keep going, um, there's another space, which is the A plus content part. And if you look at my stuff, I mean, please do go and have a look. You'll see that I have put extra, extra images of my book covers in this available space. So I encourage you to do the same. It's really easy to do and it's free. So you go along to your KDB dashboard. You look through marketing resources and you find where it says A plus content. And then all you have to do is for each You have to do it separately for each territory that you publish in. So I publish in the US and in the UK and uh, and I do it for each one there. I mean, I could do it for Germany and perhaps other places in Europe, but at the moment I just do it for the two. So, you know, English speaking nations um, really should, I really should get on and do it also for Australia and different things as well. But anyway, I don't think I've got around to that. I'll have to check, but definitely do it for the main territories that you're in especially for the country that you live in and really it's fairly self-explanatory it'll tell you what you can do and there's various formats and ways in which you can put this a plus content which is basically extra advertising space that amazon lets you have for free so don't miss it don't miss this opportunity because it's always useful to you know use that space available and i know you might think oh people don't scroll down well they do so do it. And even if some some people don't scroll down and only a few people scroll down, it's still worth doing. And, you know, if you're being given free space on a site like Amazon, 
then you know you really need to use it because I don't think it's going to be free forever but that's just my hunch so I personally would get it on there um, what to put on there well that's the thing I've you just use my book covers obviously I do my own artwork so it's easy for me to have the images without the writing on and I've just put those on and put extra writing on the top you know to try and encourage sales and uh, you can do the same as me but if you look other people do different things there's different formats and kind of um uh, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of uh, templates that you can use where you can put your adverts up and there's different ways of doing it. So I would suggest having a look at other authors within your genre and having a flick down their page on Amazon and seeing what they've done with their A-plus content. And uh, you'll be surprised how many people don't do it. So it's worth doing because not everybody has it. And I kind of think it makes it look mm, a bit more professional. Yeah, I would say so. So have a look at that and... Um, yeah, have a go. It's free. It's easy to use. And um, that's my, for my, you know, that's my penny's worth for this week. Um, have a look at the A plus content. Anyway, that's enough of me rabbiting on about writerly thing. Come and meet Haldane B. Doyle. He was an interesting fellow. I know you're just going to love him. This week, my guest is the former research scientist Haldane B. Doyle. He used to be a high school teacher. Now he's an experimental farmer and soon to be a self-published science fiction author. His books focus on biology-heavy, hard science fiction. He has a series of four novellas due for release in April, in the dis and they are set in the distant post-industrial future where biotechnology is the foundation of a new society. He says his books are written for people who find Star Trek implausible and apocalyptic settings rather depressing. So, hello, Haldane, how are you? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's lovely to have you. It's lovely to have you. Now, we've had a few emails, folks, as this thing sort of goes. And Haldane's been sending me his book covers, <clears throat> which are amazing. We're going to have a little talk about those in a second. But first, tell me about your writing. Oh, OK. Uh, well, I have obviously have a science background. And uh, when I moved up to the farm and retired early from professional life, I had extra time on my hands. And this idea had been rattling around in my head. Uh, of what kind of future could be out there for us if we didn't have Star Trek and Mad Max didn't go on forever. You know, they'd, they'd run yeah, out of petrol did, uh, for driving around the desert eventually. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's the same with the, with the, with the apocalyptic, you know, um, the zombie thing. They've, they've always got petrol, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they so, run out of bandages, so, but always got petrol. <laughs> so, and guns, and lots of guns. And guns, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I wanted to explore uh, what futures could be out there. And given my scientific background and my love of biology, uh, I saw biology as the resource that is, it, it springs eternal. Um, it, the other thing that really made me inspired was thinking about the um, the revolution 10,000 years ago when civilization, you know, formally officially started. That was a biotechnological revolution. It was based on uh, domestication of crops and livestock and everything else was built on that foundation so what happens if you change the foundation to something new that's quite possible but just hasn't been explored in detail yet yeah so that that sounds that sounds i i, I do like stories that are obviously i like fantasy stories mm -hmm. but but i do like i like it when it's based in some kind of truth because mm. somehow it all 
hangs together and, and I think stories where people have really thought about how it how it would work you know and have some plausibility to it then though it you makes have to it... be very careful to make sure there's still character and plot and yes, all the stuff yes. that people love to sink yeah. their teeth into as well it can't just be about an idea so yeah, I've been very yeah. mindful about that <laughs> yeah I suppose as you're a scientist you're like let me explain this I used to, I yes. used to be a teacher so you might be a, I used to be a teacher <laughs> so we might we were a little bit let me explain this and sometimes even I do that and I think actually no let's not explain this let's just give them the bare bones so you get the idea you know Absolutely. even if you know exactly how it works yes yeah, amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're a bit of a lifelong learner then if you just taught yourself to do your book covers um Haldane uh, because that's, yes, well, that's that's no mean feat if you haven't had an art background. Uh, well, I did have the advantage of doing lots of scientific diagrams when I was in uh-huh. the lab, and I had to learn how to use Illustrator for that. And it was one of the reasons I ended up investing in that direction because I had at least a bit of a head start. I played around with um, doing macro photography. Um, I looked at Photoshop, and it's like, oh, that would be a really long process of getting up to like even a, a semi uh, polished level. Uh, so yeah, I, I figured start where I had an advantage. Yeah, I think it is. Now I really like these book covers. Um, I, th- I think they really work. And I, and as you sort of, you know, you sent them to me very kindly to have a look at. And I, you know, I see a lot of book covers and I'm an artist myself. I do my own work. I, I do stuff for other people as well. Mm. If they pay me enough. <laughs> but but what I find is these have got a really good graphic, strong look about them. I really like the colours. They they have a they have a very powerful image. Mm. Um, I'll put the links in the show notes. Yes, I think they have a really great graphic quality. So you've gone through quite a few thoughts about this and how to you know how did you come up with those the idea of doing them like that? Did well, was I- did anything influence you? I, I was in a difficult position because I looked around for comparable titles to get an idea about what the visual language that the audience was expecting. And there are no, I'm, I'm probably, well, I'm probably missing something in the history of sci-fi, but I looked and looked and looked and I can't find anything that's purely biological science fiction. It's always biology mixed in with robots or spaceships or aliens or like there's, there's other like high tech, almost fantasy kind of elements that Look at Adrian Tchaikovsky, um, the children of Time Series. The cover is a planet with a spaceship and a bit of a green tinge to it to kind of suggest something about life. Yeah, something to do with living things. That made things quite difficult for me. Um, And it was another factor that pushed me towards doing my own covers because I thought about getting into email ping pong with a paid cover artist about what I wanted I didn't exactly know what I wanted when I set it out, set out on this project. So I, I went through a lot of cycles of trying different approaches and different designs before it started coming together. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, and I think that's part of the process, really. It's a bit like writing, doing the art, you know, yes. unless you have a very clear vision to start with. Sometimes you just have to keep going through it. And, you know, like you say, looking at other people's work. But um, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short, Haldane, because you may well be setting the bar here because you're writing this kind of different science science fiction you know based on the biological uh, which i haven't really heard of either perhaps you know perhaps listeners will come in and give us some help here mm. but i do think perhaps you are setting the covers first and saying this is what biological science fiction covers will look like you know 
Oh, you never know when you're going to set fire to set a new fire that other people will all cluster around. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. But I realized uh, more recently that one of the advantages in learning to do your own covers and like going out on a limb is you could create your own visual brand because I'm planning yep. on doing like I've looked at your covers, for example, and they blend to, like they fit together so perfectly in a series. Um, so that as you're scrolling through Amazon and like, you know, the images are whizzing past, if people have read one of your previous books and they see something that visually matches, it, it just draws them in to have a closer look. Yeah. And I think you're very wise because you've um, made the covers together, you know, with thinking about this series in mind. And, mm. and I think that's that's a really sensible thing to do because quite often some people start off with the first cover and then they don't really know what the second cover is going to look like, even mm. even if they've written the second book or the third book. But I think you have to look at the whole thing as a whole. Now, you sent me this morning, I've had a look at you, you've sent me another email, bless your heart, um, and you show me some ideas that you've got for that, that you're going to pop into um, author email. So if you sign up mm. for Haldane's email, you'll get these brilliant, funny and visual emails which really made me laugh this morning and I don't laugh in the morning normally oh. I, don't, I usually say that to the afternoon oh that's wonderful I'm, I'm a bit grumpy first thing and I just looked at these and they've got I, I can't even begin to describe them on air but they are great and I think that is clever because you're thinking about what your brand looks like and how it's all going to hang together you know and obviously you'll be thinking about you know doing the advertising and sticking the stuff up on you know the different things that you're going to platforms that you're going to use in social media in order to yes. promote your work and i think that's going to be quite easy for you because all this stuff works as a thumbnail yes yeah yeah and and it's shareable it's the kind of thing that if you're yeah. a biology nerd with that kind of sense of humor you'll have two or three friends that it's just an image that takes them 30 seconds to look at it and uh, it, it has that ability to propagate Yes, I think it's good. Well, I, I have no biology background or science background, but I looked at it and I found them funny and I found them engaging, you know, these these emails. And I thought, yes, I can see how you can, you know, tweak that for, you know, to bring people in on social media to think, well, what is this guy about? And, you know, what, what can he what can he offer us? Well, you know. Obviously, the four book series. <laughs> <to start with. laughs> well, I'm hope well, you might be able to give me a little bit of advice because you are a bit more of a uh, a hand at TikTok. I'm starting from zero with TikTok. Do those little email tidbits look like something that I could like turn into a short form video uh, using the the visual that I have and add, yeah, definitely add narration over the top. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I definitely think you could. I mean, I'm I'm not very good at TikTok. I don't have a massive account. I've only been on it a few months. Um, I quite like it. It's quite funny. Mm. There's there's some good things on there. I think if you go on there as an author, I think you need to um, not get the uh, certainly following the advice that I was given before I began on the TikTok journey is that the, the point is not to get. Uh, interested in other things that interest you in your life so you know no cats mm. whippets for me <laughs> whippet dogs you know <laughs> or you know pictures of the beach or you know you, you've got to you've got to really focus on this is me as my writer self yeah. and this is what I'm promoting and this is what I'm going to like on other people's things mm. so you try and like you know other people that are reading books like you write you know as you write them and things like that so that you keep it home down otherwise tiktok will just keep showing you if you like one thing on 
one funny video of a guy making, I don't know, yogurt, you will get 50 million videos <laughs> then for the next three days of people making yogurt. And you think, but I'm trying to sell a book here. So you have to really be very self-disciplined yes and think exactly why am I here no I'm not actually here to have fun I'm actually here to promote my work and hopefully if I have a few laughs on the way that would be great so that's my main advice is Mm. stick to the program (laughs) don't go looking at goats because you keep goats (laughs) I mean a lot of people have a private account you know Mm. for their own name and then they can look at what they want and then they keep the author name separate and that's That's yeah, quite no, that's a thing. A, and then I'm just advice. running, yeah, I'm just running two because I have two author names and I've just started one for my children's self, children's author self. And uh, and I'm finding it really hard because mm. it's like, ugh, you know, trying to find children's authors or I don't know, it's strange, you know, starting again. So, mm. yes, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely get the feeling that, a lot of it comes down to first mover advantage and that every platform has like this life cycle where it's the new growing thing that if you get in early, you can kind of catch the wave. And if you get in late, you can paddle, paddle, paddle as much as you like and you'll never quite catch up. Yeah. Well, I find it does help. It does definitely help with sales. But I think the whole thing with the the getting your name out there is I, I personally believe, I mean, I've also heard the advice, you know, so other people that would give me this advice, said i'll do one platform do do it well and that's Mm. it well i don't i spread myself wide and i do a bit of paid advertising as well so i i I personally think you know it's a bit like seeds Haldane. let's get it into something that you'll understand absolutely yeah you plant a lot of seeds and you tend the ones that grow yeah well casting casting a wide thing and across Mm. many things because i think you know you, you know you you do this podcast and somebody next year will perhaps read one of your books and then look back on this podcast and go, oh, I read his book, and then they'll go back and listen to this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So things have a funny way of, you know, growing legs later on. So so yes. it's just one of those weird things. So I think just get yourself out there and generally, you know, do, do lots of things. But I do Twitter, I do TikTok, I do... Uh, Facebook, but not really. I just post on it, but I never engage in it. And I also do uh, Instagram, which doesn't like me. I don't know why. (laughs) But I'm on there. You know, I'll have a beautiful page, but Mm. I never seem to – people don't follow me or whatever. I think I don't engage on there as much as I should, really. Mm. But I've been on Twitter forever. But I'm actually really looking forward to uh, just playing around with the self-promotion side of things. Like, it's – if if you go into it uh, with a sense of fun and exploration and just seeing what works and trying things that nobody's ever tried before. So one thing I'm thinking about doing uh, is getting the first five chapters of book one narrated as an audio book, which is quite affordable. Yeah. Like this is my first project. I don't want to burn through a vast budget. I'm just kind of learning the ropes and, and testing the waters. Um, but I want to release those chapters for free on YouTube but why don't you narrate it yourself? You've got a nice voice. The the uh, first point of view chapter is a young female protagonist. So it might be a little bit of a stretch for me. And I found a New Zealand uh, voice actor who is very interested in doing the project. Yeah, cool. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, the idea is that's a promotional thing. It ends at a bit of a cliffhanger, like as, as you're just starting to to ramp up the action. And that potentially will lead people back towards the ebook. 
Yeah, well, I think that's a good idea. And I think you've got mm. to just think of lots of different different things to do. Mm. Um, I think um, people do like things that are read by the author, though. Mm. It has to be I, said. Yeah. I could potentially do the prologue. Uh, that's something. It's like yeah. 200 words. And I've been looking around yeah. for voice artists and I'm like, oh, I haven't quite found exactly the right person for that. When you get on TikTok um, and you'll hear yourself speaking and things, mm. uh, it'll give you more confidence because I think mm. it's quite a good thing to do because you have to jump out of your, the, the comfort zone. And I think I think that's actually quite healthy. I found it quite scary to start with to jump up in there and go, hi, blah, 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 you know, and I just thought, ah, this is horrible. I look, I look really old and horrible. But then, <laughs> then you just get over yourself and think, you know what, mm. here I am and let's just get on with it. You know, so I, th- I think you'll you'll feel the same about all of it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just the the mindset with this because it's my first effort at publishing. Uh, I chose self publishing because it's such a weird subgenre that I don't think any any traditional uh, network would really be a, a likely chance for me. Um, and it's a passion project. That's it, it, it's something that was buzzing in my head for ages, and I had to get out. Um, beyond this, I have other titles that I have lined up to to write and put out that are more obviously sci-fi. So I think they're the ones that I, I might double with trad publishing and see if I get anywhere with it. But knowing what is involved in self-publishing means I have that as uh, alternative. If I ever find that uh, I was quite happy to doing that, uh, I don't need to put myself through all the hoops of trad publishing. I, th- I think the trouble with the trad publishing is it's it's rather slow. You know, mm. even if you've got an agent tomorrow, you're you're not going to see your book in print for a year and a half. Mm. Mm. Where, whereas once I get to the point where I'm ready to publish, I, I can get that book out in three days. Actually, mm-hmm. if I have all the mm-hmm. if I have all the pieces, I have my in my cover art and I've written the blurb and you know I you know it, it's uh, it's painful. I'm not going to say it's not painful, <laughs> but the more you do it, the better it gets. What yes. I find is some. Um, I have a thing which I call a workflow file. Now, I'm guessing I'm a little bit older than you, Shane, um, but I have a workflow file. And when I'm doing something for the first time, like um, putting a book up on Kindle or something like that, for example, or, in fact, making the paperback cover for you know for one of my books, then I, I keep a workflow of how I did it. So once, once I've done it, I just write. Even if I thought, oh, that was easy, I'll remember that. Don't think that you won't that you remember it because you may not publish again. I mean, obviously you've got your four books ready to go, mm, mm. but you may not. You know, when you've done these four, you might think oh, I've really got this, but you then then might write another series that might take you another two years. And when you mm. come back, you think oh, actually I can't remember what, <laughs> I everything, what the yeah. hell what it was that I did or what I had a problem with or what yeah. were the sticky points or yeah. you know. So just just keep some notes in a workflow of mm. anything that you do, whether it be a TikTok video or a you know, any of those little bits, and then you've got something to just kind of go back on because there's so many moving parts to being a self-publisher. Yeah. yeah. When you when you get to, I don't know, and, and you do something and you get good at it, and then you move on to the next thing and you get good at that, and then by the time you have to think about what you did originally, you know, it's like you know, you don't remember all the little bits that you think, mm. oh, I remember this last time because I remember that if I'd only put this file in first and then... Mm. Loaded it, it would up. have gone smoothly. Yeah. It would have done better, you know. Like I, I found a way of you know, doing the covers, um, where I found it was easier to do the Ingram Spark cover because it oddly is slightly bigger, mm. and it was easy easier to make the Ingram Spark cover for a for for a heart for you know, for a paperback. Mm. 
and then put it into the Kindle because then you can just shrink it that tiny millimetre that it's out mm. rather than the other way round. It doesn't work as well. And there's just loads of funny little things like that. So yep. workflow yeah. folder, that's my yeah. advice, people. I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> it. It reminds me, though, this is one of the reasons I was really keen to come up with this idea of these little uh, illustrated like tidbits of interesting biology to put in my emails every month is so that I can keep developing my illustration skills. But if I only do that like once every year or two, I'm not really going to progress. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a very different experience to like get on regularly, like every day now. I'm trying to produce a backlog of them so I never have to panic that I'm like, oh, I've only got a day and everyone's expecting the email and I have to come up with something. But uh, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it just seems like as a self-published author, uh, if you're planning on writing multiple titles, there's more of an incentive to develop your own artistic skills to do your covers. If you're interested in it, of course, um, not everybody is. Yeah. No. Well, I think I think yours really work, and I think I think they're great. Can you can you draw as well as can, can you, apart from um, you know do you draw other things apart from biological blob, <laughs> scary um, looking well, amoebas I, and things? I, I, I did a lot of art in high school, but then I had to make the decision to go down the creative route or into science. Um, and yeah, when I went into science, that artistic side falls away. Though you do. Uh, spent a lot of time staring down microscopes in undergraduate, like drawing diagrams that you see there. Um, and I did a bit of illustrator work. That's where I picked up that, that skill in in later stages of the career there. But uh, no, I, I really let that uh, artistic side of myself wither away during those you know working years. And it's been a joy coming back to it. I, I've really missed it. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think you've obviously got a really good eye for things. And I think... Um... I think you're obviously going to do more. I think you're going to find find yourself doing more art just for mm. just for the fun of it, really. You know, mm. and and I think I think you're going to quite surprise yourself. You know, to get a get a pen and paper out and do it away <laughs> from the computer. You know, hopefully the writing does it justice. A great cover is just the first step in many steps of impressing people. Yes, that's it. This is this is the trouble with all all creative things, um, and I think especially as a writer there's so many different parts that you have to put together in order for it to to work you know mm. including just even writing the blurb is is hell <laughs> <laughs> you know and you know and putting the website together you know that's another mm. thing so many authors um don't have a, a a website or a website that looks professional enough in my opinion mm. and uh, and I think that's a real shame because I think if you've got a place where you can you know, you need a shop window. If you've got a place where you can put all your work mm. and say, you know, this is me, this is about me, and people can come in there and they can find you, and you know, they can, you know, look, you know, they can either buy your stuff or if they, if you're looking for somebody for, uh, say, you wanted to write a magazine article, say you mm. you got hold of a, which is what I do quite often, they've they've got somewhere to come. The editor can have a quick look. You can put that link on the mm. bottom of the pitch and say. You know, if you were going to say, you know, I'm I'm Hal Dane and I've written this science fiction stuff, mm. you know, would you like to interview me or something? Then they can go in there and they can have a look, and and then they you're somehow more credible. And and mm. um and of course, it all takes a bit of artistic flair to put it together and make it look, you know, uh, worthy of you. I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 And 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 that's another uh, place where you get payoff from developing illustration skills. Yeah, um, it's yet yet another avenue where it, I mean, it's not just covers. If you're going to be a self-published author, there's all these other aspects where you can uh, leverage that skill set. 
yeah yeah absolutely so i think uh well i think you could i think you could do a lot what do you think you might write next Haldane do you think oh. do you think you're going to do is there another is there other stories in the back of your head or is this a yes, very yeah. long project or yeah. are you like me I've always got you know which one do you want <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I've got uh, not quite a dozen stories outlined I really love novellas I think I when I write I naturally work with that and when I read I get to like 40,000 words and I'm like have you made your point yet like <laughs> you, yeah I, I and I think for modern readers as well, too, those shorter forms, um, particularly for new authors, people, like you look at the cost of an ebook, the money doesn't really matter a dollar to either way. It's the time investment. If I'm buying a new book, it's like, how many hours am I going to put into that? That's much more valuable than a few dollars. And a three hour read versus an eight hour read, that's night and day for me in terms of what I will actually, you know, take a chance on. Um, yeah. So, and, and I think, um, with uh, romance and mystery uh, and digital and self-publishing, they've demonstrated the viability of that shorter form, uh, whereas other genres, I think, are taking a little bit longer to get there. Though, um, like, Tor is doing a lot of good things with uh, with novella length. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be an, a hangover from the days of only physical printing, that it costs the same amount to print novel- a novel length versus novella length, and it just made no sense to print something half as long. Um, though you might be able to tell me uh, what you think about this. I'm planning, if I get enough interest with the ebooks, to release the four novellas bundled together in paperback form. And I'm wondering if you think that would be a smart move to, to tap into that, uh, you know, economy of scale with a real physical book. Uh, well, I think the print on demand is dead easy to do. Or you just, mm. you just need a, different uh you just need a slightly different cover um, mm. and you, you just download the template just just like you would from uh from kdp or um ingram spark stuff like that the thing about um the thing about doing the uh the paperback is uh people do like to some people don't read ebooks mm. you know for better or worse they don't read ebooks um whether to put them in a bundle or not so you say about forty thousand words each yeah, um, so it would be a pretty long mm, novel. Um, I think I estimated yeah. somewhere 350, 400 pages if I shrink the font a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't don't, don't, alienate don't shrink too many font. people. No, yeah. no I, I would, font. I would, yeah, I, I would, I, I, I personally would put them out as separate books mm. and just perhaps because it's a, a paperback, maybe uh, give them a bit more. Within that, perhaps you could put some illustrations in the paperback. You know, put put a little, a few little bits and pieces in to make it, you know, a, a better, a, a bigger page count. You know, I don't know whether you need a map or you need some diagrams or some some something else that you wouldn't get from the ebook, so that it has a bit more something to it, and then publish them as separately. Because mm. what you want people to do is to buy the first one and buy the next one, and then do that. If you're going to do the whole thing in one thing, then you need to charge it as if it was four books, because at the end of the day, Haldane, we are trying to make a living here. <laughs> this is the one other, like, you know, left of centre kind of thought is is a physical book itself a marketing device? Because physical books tend to get passed from person to person. Like, they have a lifespan beyond the initial purchase. Whereas an ebook, once it's downloaded, if it's not pirated, that's kind of the end of its life cycle. And I was almost thinking of pricing the four 
ebooks slightly higher than the combined paperback. So people have an incentive to buy the physical book. And particularly as an early career marketer, uh, early career author, it kind of just puts my product physically out in the world in a persistent form. And I, mm. I just wonder if there's I, an I, I, in that. I think you'd be better to uh, keep the ebooks priced fairly low, mm. um, especially the first one, or give the first one away. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then use that as your mailing list sign up because mm. the ma- the mailing list is a really key thing. And then take the take the other three, uh, and either have them all priced the same or slightly more. Mm. But then have the physical books. Um, so that you make a profit on them. Mm. And if you, like I say, if you can add a bit of something within the physical book so that people get a bit more from it, quite often it's an odd thing. You'll find this when you go on TikTok where people say, I read the ebook and then I bought the paperback and yes. I didn't realize that was a thing. Mm. People, people like your work and then they'll go and buy a physical po- copy and then buy mm. the others in physical copy having read the first one. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's what I've, you know, noticed, which I thought was really odd because I would have thought having read the, you know, read the ebook. Would you want the physical copy? I personally wouldn't, but you know, that's not what happens. People that are really keen will mm. will buy the physical copy as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got I've I've had readers that that have that read my stuff in ebook, bought the physical copy, and then bought the physical copies that I've signed mm. Mm. from my website, <laughs> and they, and they've shown me that they've got all these things, and I just think that's great you know i mean mm. how how nice how 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 um you know that that makes you feel terrific so it's uh yes the 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 avid book reader is a is a beast to be um reckoned with i think yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is actually a really good point because what i tend to write is forty thousand words which is kind of in the no man's land it's a little bit longer than a classic novella like nobody can agree where the boundaries are but it's not quite a novel either and you wouldn't have to add that much more to kind of bump it up so oh i'll have to think about that really hard <laughs> you've got me thinking now which is great that's great that's that's why i wanted to talk to you yeah it's all good now i just have to ask you this which is just something that just popped into my head and we've got mm. like you know the time is running out but i'm just going to just throw this at you which is completely off the wall we haven't emailed about this or anything but oh, yes. i know you used to be a teacher i used to be a teacher and i'm looking at your you know your illustrative qualities here with it with you know within your artwork and I have to say, you know, you've obviously got a great sense of humour, Haldane, and <laughs> and you know you can put yourself across, you know, you know, on the page and in person. But have you ever thought about writing some stuff for children to help them understand science? That or what? Actually- I say this because I'm also this other author. You know, I kind of feel that you could you could do that. You know, although you know, because I read those little things this morning that you sent mm. me, and I thought these are fun, but I could see it working for kids so that they could get it. I, I do have a children's book in my mind, but uh-huh. it, ta- it, it taps into my superpower, which is making other people's children behave really silly, like just getting them completely bouncing off the walls. Um, so, yeah, if you ever want to collaborate on a children's book, because that was a completely new <laughs> idea to me, I'll have to run the um, the outline past you. Um, yeah. yeah it's, a, it, it's, it's a very silly book, but it's the kind of thing that, three to five-year-olds would absolutely go bananas for. Sounds great. Sounds great. But I think you could use the science as well, you know, on other books. Oh, yes, yeah, for older, yeah, for older yeah. children too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is something I'll have to look into. 
Yeah, yeah, I just think. Because uh, this is the thing, as an indie author, and here's the thing, because although you say, oh, you want to play around with the traditional thing, which is fine, you know, mm. if you want to go and be a hybrid, I'll still talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, su- I, su- I suspect I'll send out three, like, cover letters, uh, query letters, and then just go, oh, I'm just going to publish myself anyway. <laughs> yeah. But the, th- the thing is with the traditionally published thing is um, when, when, you're, when you're an indie, you can do what you like. And I think that's what I like about it. I like this control that if I think, well, actually, I can also be this children's author. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be over here and do this. I can write this magazine article about this and I can do that. And I'm actually just doing a run of cartoons at the moment <laughs> about dogs, which is completely off the wall. But I can do as I like. And that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. The, the, I've got nobody idea. saying... Here's you must deadline. finish this particular thing by this particular day. It sounds like horrible hard work. It's like, why would yes. you sign up for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you'll always work harder for yourself than for anybody else, I find. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I, when I put the hours in, there's no doubt about it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, you know, like I say, I'm trying to finish the thing that I'm writing at the moment. Uh, it's nearly done. And then over Christmas, have I written any of that? No, I've been drawing cartoons mm. because 12 cartoons popped into my head and I thought, this is pretty funny. Let's let's do these, you know. So why not? As, a, as an indie, you have the flexibility to to shift gears like that, uh, yeah. Which, which it, it appeals to me enormously. Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw a really great saying once that the difference between work and play is the ability to stop whenever you want. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I think I think that's the I think that's the the key of it. And I think although I I work, you know, people see me they they see me working quite hard, but it doesn't feel like work to me. I might still be in this office at ten o'clock at night, but I just feel like I'm playing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that and comes across that's... in the work for the person consuming it, for the person reading it. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. And if I think, you're I think having that's... fun, then the reader can have fun yeah. too. Whereas I think sometimes with the traditional publishing thing, you get on this treadmill, you know, you start selling your work through them and they want this, want you to produce the same thing again and again and again, mm. because that to them is what works, what you might think, but actually I've got this really crazy kid's book in my head and mm. I want to do that now. And they say, well, we don't want that. And so mm-hmm. you think, oh, I've got to write, carry on writing the science fiction series, which is probably fantastic as well. But it's nice to be able to go, ooh, actually... This Wednesday, I'm going to do this. It's funny you mentioned that because my pen name, Doyle, is actually a reference to Sir Conan Doyle, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, um, partly because he wrote really interesting science fiction. Like, have you read some yeah. of his science fiction? It's amazing stuff. Like, it's it's like, it's just so old and it's so interesting. Um, but he had to pay the bills by writing yet another Sherlock Holmes mystery. Yes. He hated exactly. it. He hated yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> so my advice to you is do what you like. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Anyway, Shane, the time is just about to run out. We've got mm-hmm. uh, two minutes left. So um, I'm just going to thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been lovely to meet you at last. It's, and, yeah, absolutely lovely to chat. And I'm so looking forward to uh, listening to more of your podcast. I, I adore it. Brilliant. I'm, it's lovely to have you on. And I'll put your uh, your website will be out in a moment. And yes. um, and I'll put the links on the show notes so you can find that. Yes. Okay, so the, got... the novellas are titled, uh, the series is called uh, Our Vitreous Womb. So uh, make of that what you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely to talk to Haldane B. Doyle about all his amazing work and his 
book covers really are worth a look. If you like science fiction, do check him out. You'll find notes in the show notes, as usual. Uh, and you can find those show notes on www.djbowmansmith.com. And uh, if that's if they don't kind of pitch up those notes on your app that you found the podcast on. So go along there and find them. There'll be a link to his website and uh, you can find him on social media as well. Uh, so that's Haldane. I wish him lots of luck. And I believe his books are going live in April. OK, next week then. Well, next week, my guest is a multi-genre author and she's called Kathleen Harriman. And she's also an artist and a book cover designer. And she does much more besides. And we had a really, really lovely chat. So come along and have a listen to that. OK, in the meantime, then, have a good week. And uh, don't forget the podcast comes out every Monday. You can find it across all the usual apps. Uh, tell your usual friend, tell your friends, your usual friends or your even your unusual friends about it. Uh, and um, thanks for listening. OK, until next time, then. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. Bye bye.